In just 48 hours, TopTel can provide the world-class AI and tech experts you need to optimize your business and stay competitive in 2024 and beyond. To get started, visit TopTel.com. That's T-O-P-T-A-L dot com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Welcome to Barron's Live. I'm Alex Ewell, Deputy Editor of Barron's. Thanks for joining us today. So it's one of the year's biggest weeks for tech stocks. Five tech stocks worth a combined $10 trillion in market value are going to be reporting their earnings within a 48-hour stretch this week. We're going to be busy, but right now is the calm before the storm. So I'm glad to have some time to uh, kind of step back and talk to Eric Savitz, who's with me here today. Uh, Lauren and Ben are going to be back next week to talk about broader markets. But for right now, it's all about tech. So Eric, welcome back. Great to have you on. It's good to be here. It's good to uh, get the band back together. again. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so, you know, let's just cover the basics as, at, at first. I mean, I, I just want to point out for anyone who hasn't yet caught up on what's to come this week, we're going to get Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Meta platforms all reporting, uh, as I said, within about a 48-hour stretch. Uh, we have, it's t- Tuesday and Thursday, they all report. Wednesday is a little quieter with some smaller companies. Uh, AMD also reports uh, Tuesday in the mix. Um, so all these guys, for, for whatever reason, whether it's a quirk of the calendar, the SEC, they like to they like to uh, put all their reports uh, together. Um, it's not easy for a tech reporter or an investor to keep up, but we uh, we have fun and we'll do our best. Um, so you know, there's a. It feels like there's a. There's always a lot riding on this week of of uh, tech earnings. Maybe this quarter feels even bigger though, given that tech stocks have been on the move. Um, so significantly, the Nasdaq is up almost 40% from its March 2023 lows, and it's only about 4% from all-time highs now. So, you know, I think the expectations are are relatively high. Um, the good news for us uh, is that we have a lot of practice covering these companies, Eric. We know them very well. Um, so give us, uh, let's start by giving us kind of from a high level, step back before we talk about the companies specifically, what are, what are the themes, the topics that... Uh, you'll be watching most this week and that investors will be most focused on? Sure. So I think there's a bunch of things. Uh, To the surprise of no one, um, AI is going to be a hot topic this week. Um, And and from a couple of particular uh, points of view, Uh, one is about all about monetization. So, um, you know, it's been a little over a year now since we've all been talking about um, generative AI that all started in November of... uh, 22, when OpenAI launched ChatGPT, and then everyone has decided they need a strategy and is launching products. A lot, there's a lot going on. Um, we saw a little of this uh, just last week uh, with uh, some of the early earnings reports. You saw it with IBM's earnings. You saw it with ServiceNow's earnings. Uh, you saw it uh, with SAP, which raised their uh, forecast um, and saw uh, their stock move higher. So there's, uh, there's a lot of excitement about that, and we're going to see that in many of uh, the, the names that are going to report uh, this week that you mentioned. Um, another relevant part of this uh, puzzle is the cloud. You know, so it just so happens that three of those companies, Amazon and Microsoft and Google, are the three largest players in cloud computing. 
Um, we've had a period for a few months, a few quarters now, I should say, uh, where growth has slowed. And it slowed in part because of this process that they all like to call optimization, which mm -hmm. is basically a nice piece of jargon, which basically says customers have been trying to slow down their the growth of their spending on cloud services uh, that it felt like it was a little uh, it got a little out of control uh, during the pandemic. But there's some reason to think that the turn has come and that um, those uh, those companies should see some acceleration in their cloud businesses. I would keep uh, you know particular particularly uh, focused on what we hear from Microsoft on Azure and from what what Amazon says about AWS. If those two things. Uh, both outperform. Uh, it's going to be a really good week, both for their stocks and for uh, for tech generally. So yeah, I think that's that's going to be a big deal. And 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 that, yeah, really important. And um, you know, the interesting thing I think about the cloud versus AI, and at this point, they're certainly related topics, right? But companies are, um, at least the three you mentioned, do provide a good level, uh, a, a good amount of specifics on cloud growth, right? Yes. Yes, and I, I would note that unlike in, AI, right? Unlike AI, I, I would note that in in Google's case, uh, last quarter, or I should say Alphabet's case, Google Cloud last quarter actually came in quite a bit shy of expectations. Um, uh, so there may be a little extra scrutiny there, but it's the, the two big ones: it's Azure and AWS that are going to like drive sentiment on on the cloud, and it tends to impact a whole bunch of other companies that have uh, exposure here, whether it's, um, uh, you know, Snowflake or MongoDB or, uh, you know, uh, 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 a whole bunch of others, there's gonna be uh, ripples from what, uh, what the big guys say about the cloud. Now, there are a few other things to keep an eye on. Uh, Amazon uh, also happens to be, uh, of course, the largest player in e-commerce. Um, they they will be reporting uh, their results for the holiday quarter, and there is some optimism that they had a really good quarter. Now we'll see. You know, they're they're cross currents. They've got these new competitors from some of these very low cost retailers in China, uh, Temu and Xi'an, or how do you pronounce those two companies? Um, and we'll see if that had any impact. But I think there's a lot of optimism on, uh, on the street about that and. That could bode well for uh, for other e-commerce players that are going to be following. And Eric, that's kind of been um, for Amazon in the last, I'd say, year, really since kind of in the post-COVID period. That's been a little bit of the forgotten business, right? Yeah, a little bit of the forgotten business, which is ironic because, of course, it's you know certainly from a revenue point of view, it's their largest business. Um, right. AWS is much more profitable. The other uh, piece of the pie here, which touches not just on Amazon but really is focused on uh, Meta and Alphabet is advertising. And, um, you know, of course, uh, Meta and, um, and Alphabet together are uh, the, the dominant players in online advertising. And um, the analyst community is upbeat about what they're, about the signals they're picking up on digital advertising in the fourth quarter. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but I, I think uh, you know, that's led to uh, some nice moves in both of those stocks already this year. And of course, um, Amazon also has exposure there. They have a nearly $50 billion run rate advertising business. And just today, literally today, we get a new arm of that business as they add advertising 
to uh, the Amazon uh, Prime Video streaming service. Uh, I don't think they'll have too much to say about that on the call, but uh, but it's something to watch, and uh, people are excited about that. There's some expectation that um, this is going to be a meaningful driver uh, for them. Um, I have to say, as a consumer and a viewer of Amazon Prime Video, I'm not sure I'm that excited for that. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, what's interesting is their approach here has been to say, uh, look, we're going to put a small amount of advertising, two or three minutes an hour into uh, uh, movies and and uh, television shows. Uh, you can pay an extra, I think it's $2.99 a month. Um, maybe it's $3.99 a month. I can't remember. I think it's $2.99 a month uh, to... Um, uh, to keep the ads away so that you okay. maintain ad free. Okay. Um, and okay. I guess the interesting thing about Amazon here versus any other streaming platform is correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure none of the other guys doing streaming and advertising have a massive e-commerce business <laughs> behind them. So there's yeah. a difference with Amazon well, advertising. Right. Well, Amazon prime video is arguably just sort of like a tack on service to the, the primary uh, goal here, which is like free shipping on all your purchases on Amazon. Right. And so, um, there was a story in the Wall Street Journal this morning uh, that basically said some people were were uh, uh, cutting their uh, Amazon Prime uh, subscriptions in protest. Um, that's it's a pro I don't know if that's really like like a, a logical thing to do, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I note that um, that that uh, although it, it's not a I don't think it, there's a lot of uh, seeds from this. Uh, a lot of intelligence from this, but Netflix last week, of course, had very good earnings. Yeah, uh, the stock um, soared largely on um, a big spike in subscriber growth. I'm not sure that you can extrapolate that to many other companies, but uh, they are seeing some traction in their advertising business. Now, of course, they've come at it in a different direction. They, they basically are offering you that as an option. Um, Amazon's approach is to make it the default. It and they have a lot yeah. of a lot of viewers. I guess what I'm thinking though is like there's the potential for for an Amazon video Prime Video ad to look very different from a Netflix ad. Netflix presumably has and will be kind of more branding focused. I would imagine that what Amazon is going to be thinking about is kind of I mean maybe some of it will be branding as we've seen on their football games, but like there could be a call to action in their in their advertising whether it's like saving something to my cart on my Apple TV by clicking something when I see an ad, right? I mean, right. That, yeah, I don't know if, they, if that mechanics will be in place, but I think what what will certainly be in place is they'll they'll be able to know that you saw a particular ad on a particular show, and then an hour later, we're buying it on Amazon. Right. So, right, right. Uh, I think there's some very powerful uh, synergies. Uh, synergies there. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to throw out one other um, uh, one other trend that I think is worth keeping an eye on. I mean, so if you think about what happened last year, the, you know, the big run up in, in, in uh, tech stocks generally and mega caps in particular was uh, the year of efficiency, as Mark Zuckerberg likes to say. Um, you know, uh, Meta in particular cut about a quarter of their workforce, uh, driving up margins um, as they um, uh, made an, an attempt to be more uh, shareholder friendly now, and other people did something similar. You've had a lot of, you know, you had a, a period with a lot of um, uh, job cuts and cost cutting in the tech space, and you know that does tend to improve margins, which improves profits, and then you know make shareholders happy. Now, I will say 
there are some offsets that you have to keep an eye on. Uh, one is like market, uh, uh, the, the cost of doing AI uh, involves considerable capital expense, right? You, you have to buy um, very expensive NVIDIA chips or, you know, comparable chips from others. You 30,000 a pop, right? 30,000 a pop. Um, you know, Mark, uh, <laughs> Zuckerberg last, I think it was last week said that they were going to buy by the end of 2024, they'll have 350,000, uh, NVIDIA H100 chips and the equivalent of 600,000. Like so that's a lot of dough. That's a lot of dough. And then meanwhile, I think if you go back and look at what Mark said on their last call, uh, was that they were going to have to, um, accelerate hiring in some places. Um, uh, because they got a little overly enthusiastic and on their job uh, cuts. And uh, there's a lot of need for AI engineers. You know, Mark also said they were going to, you know, they're, 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 they're spending a lot of money, as we know, on like developing their own large language models and that sort of thing. AI engineers are extremely expensive. I, I, uh, I mentioned to you, Alex, the other day, I talked to one CEO who told me that, um, if you're going to hire like a pretty senior level AI engineer, you know, the costs all in, including, you know, stock options expense over a four year period is like $20 million for like, one, for one engineer, one person, yeah. like you think they were playing shortstop, right? Like the, <laughs> um, the, this, the, or, you know, or point guard. I mean, the, these are, these are, um, yeah, these, these are MBA salaries. You know, you're talking about PhDs with, you know, like some experience in the field, but nonetheless gives you a sense that there is a talent war in AI. And I think one of the things to keep an eye on that I don't think too many people are talking about is what what impact is this going to have on uh, on margins and capital spending? I think it's like, yeah, I think that's a fascinating question. And it's, okay. I mean, I, I guess my, we've talked a little too about whether part of this year of efficiency came, I mean, part of it was, you know, rising rates. And so rates rose, people got nervous about, um, about uh, high PE tech stocks and and profits being far out, and so you saw this efficient this year of efficiency. I think also though investors got a little bit tired of like the product and what was out there in tech. So now you get this shiny new thing in AI, and suddenly are investors going to be willing to see runaway spending again? I mean, I, I don't yeah. Know. yeah, I mean, look, it's it is the only real story in it, in, in tech now, right? I mean, I I was at CES a few weeks ago, the big you know, tech trade show in Las Vegas every year. And um, I'm not sure what anyone would have had to talk about if it wasn't for AI. There was, <laughs> yeah. there was literally, there was literally no other hot trend. Now they, people will try and convince you there were things going on in, you know, healthcare and, um, you know, fitness yeah. and EVs and autonomous driving and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, really it was all about AI. And yeah. so even AI- Even the new phones, even the new phones are about AI now. Everything is about AI. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So um, let me ask you, uh, I guess, to put on a bit of your, uh, well, actually, before we do that, before we talk more specifically about um, this week's earnings, anything more you want to talk about um, from from this past week, you know, sort of the, uh, the warm-up act to the big tech week of earnings? We did hear from IBM, Texas Instruments. Tesla, that was actually probably the biggest one. Intel, uh, some surprises, some big stock moves. Any lessons we've already learned from earnings? Um, 
Yeah, there's a few things um, on the positive side, as we mentioned, um, you know, some of the uh, commentary around enterprise spending uh, and and AI, but, you know, more generically on enterprise spending uh, was pretty positive uh, from SAP ServiceNow and in particular from IBM, where the stock had one of its best days in like decades. Um, uh, getting pretty close, not quite there, but getting close to an all-time high, which is astonishing. This is a company that's like, you know, over 100 years old um, and was once, you know, viewed as like left for dead. Yeah. And IBM is suddenly a hot AI company. So I think there's, but so anyway, I think there's some positive designs in there for enterprise spending. Uh, there's still some mixed uh, signals from semiconductor land. Um, in particular, uh, the Texas Instruments numbers are pretty disappointing. And I think there's uh, there's an ongoing trend. And this was, I, I, I've written about this, and I think there's there were some signals that say, yes, that uh, chip makers that supply industrial and automotive applications um, are still seeing uh, high customer inventory um, that they over-ordered during the pandemic, and that's still playing through. It still has ripple effects, right? Um, and uh, so, so there's some trouble in that part of the market. Intel did not have a good quarter. Uh, or the quarter was okay. The guidance was not that good. Terrible, right? I mean, it was pretty bad. They missed yeah. missed pretty big time. And uh, there's a sense that they continue to lose market share to AMD in the um, in the data center. Their boundary strategy is still like a long way off from really paying off. This is you know the Intel's building fabs to sell capacity to other people, but it's a it's a giant bet, multi billion dollar bet, but it's going to take some time to pay off. So I think that was. Uh, uh, that was a little disappointing to some people. Intel uh, potentially, you know, has this idea that they want to compete in AI and they're working at it. Um, but it's AMD that seems to be the uh, current primary uh, competitor. So, yeah, let's um, let's talk about AMD for a second, actually. So they report tomorrow. There was, and we, we'll get to more of our listeners' questions uh, in a little bit. But I think AMD was the wins the award for uh, the most questions today. Everyone seems interested in AMD. Everyone's talking about AMD all of a sudden. I, you know, in some ways it's natural given all the attention that its longtime rival NVIDIA has been getting over the last year. But what do you make of AMD right now? Um, and, and I don't know. I, I, what, what do you think could happen tomorrow? What are we going to hear tomorrow? What are investors going to be looking for tomorrow? Well, I think there's uh, there's a few things happening with AMD. For the, the the biggest one is clearly that people look at it as Nvidia Junior, right? Like right, that, right. Um, uh, that you know that Nvidia um, completely dominates the market for uh, GPUs. You know the core chips used in um, to to do large language models, to do AI inference work. Um, they they dominate the market. AMD is catching up. So AMD has some competitive chips. Um, you had the uh, phenomenon of uh, none other than Elon Musk talking about uh, the other day, tweeted something about that he's buying some AMD chips. Um, the implication in, I mentioned, you know, we, we talked about Zuckerberg's comments on all the uh, in uh, H100s he's going to buy, but and that some of them are going to be H100 equivalents. Well, the speculation has been those are other less, those are either lower pow powered NVIDIA chips or their AMD chips, right? So there's there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, belief that AMD is is on the move in this space. And you know, keep in mind the stock is up 
already almost 20% year to date and you know about the only non M&A stock that's up more than that is Nvidia itself uh, it's up about 24% year to date so i so that's a big part of it now there's some other elements they intel uh you know uh showed that they're losing some market share in conventional uh, servers and the only people they could really be losing it to for the most part is AMD. So, so there's strength there. And then the wild card for this year is uh, PCs where um, AMD, Intel, and even Qualcomm will, will uh, be beneficiaries. If uh, we see a real pickup in uh, PC uh, unit volumes this year, and there's widespread expectations that will happen. Some of it could be from this AI PC trend, which um, I've written quite a bit about. This is this idea that you'll be able to run AI models um, at the edge of the network, in your PC, even in your smartphone. Uh, there's some hope in the PC industry that um, as that begins to happen, you will see a refresh cycle in PCs that would benefit AMD too. We'll see if they have anything to say about that. That's probably more of a late second half 24, maybe 25 phenomenon before it picks up a lot of steam. There's some other reasons to think there's a refresh cycle um, in the works. Um, and so that's another element to the AMD story. So I think it's going to be, people will want to see good numbers. I mean, obviously the stock has been flying. So, um, you know, the, the, and the estimates are, Increasing. There was one analyst last week um, uh, from New Street Research who basically argued that if all goes well, AMD could be, you know, a quadruple from here. Um, yeah. People love to read stuff like that. So, um, so, so I think there's a lot of optimism. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, aside from all the, you know, the big, the other, um, um, let's call them mag six. I, I feel like Nvidia needs to be uh, kicked out of the club. You mean, um, I think you mean Tesla. Uh, Tesla, I'm sorry. Right, well, we, we'll, we're going to come back to that. So, uh, anyway, but anyway, I think so. Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating to see. Maybe right. one of the more important ones. Okay, and also, so one question, uh, also that's kind of related to last week and brings us forward is uh, we have a question from James who who asks if an Intel miss, which, which you've talked about, um, automatically kind of means an Nvidia predicts an Nvidia miss. Can you talk through that a little bit and and do those two? How correlated are are Intel's results and Nvidia's? Mm -hmm. These days. I think they're not that correlated. I mean, I, I think, you know, because if you think about Intel's being driven by conventional servers and PCs and then their, you know, capital needs for their, uh, their uh, uh, fab strategy and, you know, NVIDIA is largely driven by this insatiable desire to buy more um, GPUs. I, just okay. don't, I don't think there's that much overlap. I think there's it's a little more correlated with AMD, uh, but I don't. I don't think Intel's miss portends anything. For okay. All right. So um, let's get to uh, a little bit more specifics for tomorrow. So we've talked about AMD. We also tomorrow have um, Microsoft and Alphabet. Right. Microsoft yeah. is a stock you know quite well. Um, there's uh, a lot of AI excitement, as you've said. There's a lot of cl there's some cloud excitement. Um, what are we going to be watching? What are what are we going to learn about its uh, so-called co-pilot software, which is its AI uh, kind of layer on top of uh, Office 365? What do you expect to hear there? How important is it? Yeah. Okay. So there's a few moving parts for Microsoft here. Um, as you say, um, there's going to be a lot of 
hope that they will say something about the early uptake for uh, the co-pilot software, the, this AI companion software for 365, their, their office suite, basically. This is you know very widely used, as of course all of our listeners know, and uh, Microsoft is going to charge or has been begun to charge an extra $30 a month per user to use Copilot for 365. If there's even modest uptake for this software, we're talking billions of dollars in additional revenue. And Eric, just to be clear, so the idea of Copilot is, you know, most of us, while we've used Word or Excel or PowerPoint for years, most of us are not using those that software to its fullest because it's pretty complex. Right. The idea with Copilot is that it would actually finally uh, push it further for a lot of us. Yeah, so I'll give you a couple of examples. Like one, one would be a typical uh, kind of AI type of example, which is to to summarize a document. Uh, give me here's here's a bunch of material here. Are the notes from our meeting. Summarize and make me a list of the um, key points and action items. Uh, say something like that, or it could be. Um, draft a press release um, uh, that uh, is going to announce a new... Okay. But ChatGPT will actually do that for me. Right? Will, yes, ChatGPT will do that, but then you are running the risk of sharing your information with, with OpenAI, which most okay. people want to do. Now, the other, another, uh, I think, compelling case uh, would be, say, uh, let's say you have a, um, a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet, and you want to make a PowerPoint out of your Excel spreadsheet. Um, if you told me to do that, I would um, I, I, I would turn uh, pale. And right. Right. I, I just, I find it very complicated to do that kind of thing. Uh, but you can, you'll be able to say in natural language, please turn this spreadsheet into a PowerPoint deck. And then you know, you'll get a version. Then you'll say, no, I don't want a pie chart, make it a bar chart. And could you make the bars green? And could you change the scale? And like, like you're just doing it all in text. Okay, so that's the power of it. That's the power of it. So anyway, we'll we'll see if they. I I don't think we're going to get any hard numbers. I I think everyone would be shocked if we got hard numbers from them about the early uh, launch. They just launched it uh, just recently. Um, uh, But I suspect you'll you'll get some uh, color, some qualitative commentary about how they're doing. And I suspect it will be very positive, uh, but okay. we'll see. Um, the, the street would love if they would give us a little bit of detail, but I don't think we're going to get it. Now, the other, the other, another element, key element of the story, as we, I mentioned earlier, is going to be Azure. And, uh, you know, they, they um, last quarter, uh, the last two quarters, uh, they've been saying things like, uh, I think two quarters ago, they said, we got one point of additional growth from AI workloads in Azure. And then I think last quarter they said three points of additional workloads uh, from addition, uh, of additional growth from workloads related to AI in Azure. Um, we'll see, but I think if, if, the, if the Azure numbers are good, if they, can, if they beat expectations for Azure, that will be very positive for Microsoft. Um, you know, there are obviously other parts to the story here. PCs still matter to Microsoft, you know, they still, sell a lot of windows. Um, there's some expectations that they're starting to see some rebound there. I, I'd note that the segment, uh, they have like these horrible segment names at Microsoft. Uh, the PC part, which is called more personal computing. I don't know why they call it that, but that's what they call it, uh, which includes a lot of other stuff, including their gaming business. And so it'll look like uh, substantial growth largely because of the Activision 
acquisition will be in in that number and mm -hmm. so you have like big growth numbers there um like high teens but i think that's mostly a reflection of that acquisition uh so it'll be a little bit of focus on that but it's going to be all about ai um and i i'm pretty optimistic i think don't you think we could get for copilot could we get something along the lines of early indications are outpacing our own internal projections and if so totally hear something like that, that like, do you think that's going to be enough if we got something like that Yes. My sense is that would move the stock, right? Higher. I think that would move the stock, and and it would drag a lot of other stuff up with it. Like right. I think they, that, traders are just so or investors are looking for any crumbs they can get right now when it comes to AI monetization. So even that would be material. Anything that Microsoft says along those lines that's positive uh, will be helpful. Now you know I know the the stock is um, having a you know having a, having kind of a moment. I mean, yeah, but, yeah that's uh, you know Microsoft is up. Um, eight plus percent year to date. You know, the, the company hit $3 trillion for the first time. The stock inched past Apple. I've been looking today. It's kind of a, you know, they switch places almost by the day. But Microsoft basically passed Apple as the most valuable uh, US traded company, over $3 trillion. Um, everything seems to be going right for them. And it's all about AI. I mean, stock has rallied. 64% over the last 12 months. I, we've written before about how Microsoft last year, along with Apple, actually, both companies were the only two companies ever in history that had a trillion dollars in market cap in one year, uh, which they did in 2023. Um, I, you could certainly see um, further gains from here. And um, I, I, my sense is that's the one, along maybe with AMD, uh, that people are going to be watching the most closely this week. Okay. All right, so what's, let's do, uh, and we can do this one relatively quickly because I do want to get to some more questions and I want to get to Apple too in a minute. Um, Alphabet, uh, what? how big a deal uh, is this one? Yeah, I think Alphabet um, is the purest advertising play. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, they obviously have an AI business. Um, they have a, you know, they have a substantial play in AI. They, they also have, um, uh, a cloud business, as we talked about before, right? Google Cloud, but um, but it's really a, a health check on the digital uh, advertising economy, and I think it's going to be pretty good for both Google Search um, and for YouTube. Um, you know, there'll be could be some uh, effects from uh, YouTube's um, uh, Sunday Ticket Football Package, which will fully hit this quarter. Um, we'll see if that has any real impact, but I think the big question is just going to be around advertising. Um, and the same is largely true for Meta. I mean, okay. Meta, Meta, there's a few other sort of elements to this story, as we were saying. Well, you mentioned the spending element. Yeah, sure. so I think that's, that's a, and you know, that's not, that could be a factor for Google too. I mean, they're spending a lot of money also on on AI. So, um, okay. so, I would keep an eye so on we're going to watch, we're going to be watching for AI commentary. We're going to be watching for profit margins potentially, or projections on profit margins uh, that are taking a hit from AI spending. So those right. are kind of the gives and give and take. Right. Now so I'll give you a wild card that's related on both of them, right? They both have chunks of their business that no one can figure out why they are actually doing them. In Meta's case, it's their namesake. It's the metaverse. Right. Right. More than ten billion dollars a year, well over probably twelve or thirteen billion dollars a year in losses, right? So they're it's just uh it, it's a giant money pit, and um, they don't even talk about it that much anymore. They do talk a little bit about their you know Ray Ban 
mixed reality glasses and right. that quest and that business is a couple billion dollars a year in revenue but um it's losing them a lot of money I, honestly if they came out and said we're gonna slash our spending on the metaverse the stock would rally oh, the stock would go nuts all right now yeah. there's a similar issue then for alphabet i think yeah. yeah so the similar issue there is they have this category they call other bets which includes a bunch of other experiments. Uh, the biggest one is Waymo, the, the uh, autonomous driving company. Um, uh, there's been some, you know, they, they've, they've, they've been, they've got a new, the, the, their former CFO is now in charge of, among other things, like figuring out what to do with other bets. So like, I think at some point uh, you could see Google do something with some of those assets. I don't know that we get anything this quarter. That would be sort of a surprise, yeah. but it's just sort of, you All know, right. All right. Well, we are getting. Uh, this is a, this is very nice to see. We're getting a lot of uh, questions as we go. We also had some questions um, from a lot of people prior to the call. So I, I promise we were going to get to some of those. But before we do, Eric, let's quickly talk about Apple because yes. you know, in the list of uh, themes to watch at the beginning of the call, you, know, you talked about AI, you talked about the cloud, you talked about e-commerce and advertising. So Apple has almost none of those. Really, there's a little bit of here, a little bit of advertising. A little bit, fine. Little bit so they're reporting um, Thursday. You just did a cover story at the end of last year about Apple's kind of uh, their search for growth. What do we make of Apple right now? Um, they're kind of like off to the side. It feels like at the moment, even though they're still the world's first or second largest company. Yeah, you know, I think it's telling that if you look at these five big uh, ones or six of could AMD, all the stocks are doing great this year, except for Apple, which is actually down about a little under 1% year to date. Um, yeah, they're they're going to report another quarter of, you know, probably flat growth. Um, there's some concerns on the street that, you know, the March quarter might not be great either. Um, they've They've got a couple of core problems. Like problem number one is... Um, they, they, they are running into new competitive pressures in China. They reportedly have cut prices on iPhones in China. Um, Huawei is gaining considerable traction with their high-end smartphone. Um, and meanwhile, um, you know, there's, there's not much growth in their other hardware businesses. Uh, the Mac is, uh, might, there's some thinking that maybe the Mac is going to have a little bit better year over year growth this quarter, but. Um, you know, there's overall, there's not much growth in the Mac. The iPad is likely to have a double digit decline in revenues this quarter. The same goes for the kind of catch all wearables um, and home business, which includes things like, you know, AirPods and um, speakers and various other things and, um, and the watch. Um, and so it's like, well, what's going to drive the stock? Um, you know, there's there's just no. Uh, there's no real driver. I mean, they've they've launched Vision Pro. Um, early read seems to be that like demand was okay, but that's not going to move the needle. Uh, certainly on December quarter results, they didn't start shipping well, until this quarter, and probably won't affect earnings for years. And by um, the way, Eric, on Vision Pro, so I think its official release date is February second. That means that probably, I'm guessing tomorrow we're going to get the official uh, tech reviews from, from a few people on those things, right? Does that- Yeah, and so far they've been kind of meh. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, we'll get like people who have worn them for a week probably. Um, yeah, like, something like that. Yeah, so, that yeah, be, that'll be our first real read into the, this device. Yeah, and of course, we because the earnings come the day before the launch, we won't really have much right. 
Right. Uh, you know, they've had they've been in pre-sale for a couple of weeks now, so maybe we'll get some commentary on that. I did I mean, see them in my advertising uh, while watching football yesterday. They right. did advertise them during the football games yesterday. Yeah. I, I think the other the other thing that people would love to see, which I'm pretty sure we will not see, is Apple talking about an AI strategy. Right. They're like literally the only company I cover uh, regularly that seems to have no clear AI strategy. Now, there's been a lot of reporting that um, they're working on a large language model or you know, they're focusing on their devices as being at the edge of the network, um, sort of in the uh, AI yeah. And I, yeah. I, I would just say, and I say this to you all the time and others that ask, um, Apple is generally the company that comes in late to the party and does a better job uh, incorporating consumer technology than anybody else. So it will be interesting if they're yeah. late to AI, whether they come in and, and, and wow us. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. I will say that like there's been some some people I've talked to have speculated that at the next develop, next developers conference, which is generally in June, um, you could see, for example, some new AI powered version of Siri, um, maybe even a subscription version, uh, which would address this question of like, well, how will they go to market with an AI strategy? Right. Right. Um, we'll see. They haven't said anything. Um, right. Um, well, you know, an earnings call is not likely where it would show up. Tim Cook has said some things on, on the call in the past about AI where he talks about, you know, we're working on it. We're spending a lot of money on it, whatever. Okay. Um, I've had, I saw one person point out that you might want to keep an eye on Apple's R&D, uh, or I'm sorry, not, not so much R&D, but their, their capital investment. They're not typically a heavy capital um, spender. You know, they don't make things oh, that's an interesting point yeah uh, but if they wanted to build out a big ai strategy they're gonna have to be you know like calling up um that's, Jensen Wong yeah, that's, for a, good, that's, a, that's a good idea all right so let's um so all right we're, we're gonna watch that one i mentioned we have a lot of questions i want to get to a few of them we'll take we'll, we'll go a little bit over uh today and do you know five or ten more minutes here so Let's first start. Um, Jerry has an interesting question, um, and I know this is an issue kind of close uh, that, that you're interested in. Uh, he says, I believe that much of our growth in the 1990s was due to the proliferation of the early PC. Um, does AI have the potential to drive significantly above average growth over the next 10 to 20 years? And um, so before you answer that, I would just note, you know, so you had PCs in the 90s, and I would argue smartphones and kind of the aughts, right? So... Now we're moving ahead. Yeah, right. I think you can't you can't separate the web and the smartphone revolution where sort of got it. So are we looking at, I mean, is it is is this gonna drive us for 20 years in tech the way PCs and consumer devices did and business devices? I, I think there's a substantial possibility. I think there's a strong case you can make that, yeah, this is the beginning of a really big change in 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 uh and and it's so early. Um you know, these kinds of comparisons are always tough uh, to make. But somebody said to me that, uh, like, relative to the Internet, this isn't 1999. This is 1995, mm -hmm. right? Like, we're just starting. Right. Um, and we don't know exactly how it's going to play out. And we don't really know who, you know, the long-term winners are going to be, right? I mean, in the Internet uh, period, in the Internet build-out period, a lot of the long-term winner, a lot of the, the initial winners were were like Cisco and um, you know, um, JDS Uniface and like people like that, that nobody talks about anymore or Juniper, right. right? So, um, Juniper. Um, so it was, a, it was these like infrastructure players and a lot of the early software players didn't really, uh, 
I'm not gonna, so I'm not going to ask you who the current version of JDS Uniface is. Um, well, well, I th I think it's a little hard to tell. I feel like I'm going to hold my uh, hold my tongue on this one for a future story. But I I, I think there's um, you know the, the but it's just really early. But I, I think that the power of the technology is substantial, and it's going to be a factor for uh, for tech for a long time to come. But I've 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 run to almost no one. And I, I talked to a lot of CEOs and other people in the industry, and they all are excited about this, exactly how it plays out, exactly who the winners will be, exactly what the impact is going to be on like cost structures and things like that. We'll see. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty big deal for everyone. Okay. All right. Um, I want to go to a question from um, Lee, also kind of a big picture question, but I think a really fascinating one, which is... Um, sort of asking about the meaning and, and of large language models, um, which we talk a lot about in uh, these days with respect to AI, it's sort of what OpenAI has, right? That you run your uh, chatbots through. Uh, and, and Lee says, um, they're asked, can a large language AI system have consciousness if it is only a set of mathematical formulas or algorithms performed at incredible speed in parallel? So um, I'm gonna ask you to, you're not a scientist necessarily, Eric, but put give us an answer to that one. Well, okay, so so I think you, what what this question gets at is this notion of AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, which is actually sounds a lot like a lot like what we've generally talked about with AI, but it's actually a different concept, right? Artificial general intelligence is the idea that you're going to basically have like a sentient kind of software that you're going to have like HAL from two thousand one, right? Like you're going to have some sort of uh, computing technology that is self-aware and and can be proactive in in making uh, decisions on things as opposed to uh, most uh, generative AI which is uh, uh, you know arguably uh, more about like pattern recognition and pattern matching and um, uh, like it's it's like it seems like magic but like at the end of the day it's it's just software right and so um, there's the, everyone in the AI business is uh, obsessed about this idea of AGI. And that's where you start to get these debates about like, you know, existential threats from technology. Yeah. Like and, um, but I, I, but certainly open AI is working on this. Mark Zuckerberg just said they're working on AGI. Right. And, um, and so there's a lot of debate about this. I, I don't think it exists yet. Right. I don't, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe, in some, you know, secret lab at, you know, OpenAI, they're working on this and they have some more progress. They are, they're not showing us yet, but um, I don't think it's, I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we have the compute capacity. I don't think we have the technology just yet, but um, it's coming. I think at some point it's almost inevitably coming. Um, and, and of course, what isn't entirely clear since we don't really have this technology yet is, um, you know, is it a real threat? Like, or is it just going to be like a fantastic tool uh, that's going to make us all better at our jobs? That's sort of the optimistic view. So, yeah. we'll see, but it's not here yet. Okay. All right. Let me ask, um, do you, um, this is a, a live one and, you know, feel free to pun if you, if you don't sure. have a, a strong feeling on it, but Brian asks, do you have a surprise earnings beat that might be controversial? surprise earnings or maybe we just stick with you know a controversial stock or you know any what do you think um um someone else asked about palantir so 
um, we could combine those two questions because I know. Yeah. That so, you know, I think, well, so Palantir is interesting. Um, it's a fascinating company. It's ultimately, um, you know, it, it's an AI bet, uh, but it's also one with, you know, political overtones. Right. Um, uh, because of who they are. They're, um, who their customers are, right? You know, who their customers are. Now, they have, to be fair, Palantir has two sets of customers. They have commercial customers, but they also have government customers. Their commercial business has been growing better uh, uh, late of late than their uh, than their government customers. Um, I think Palantir actually has some very powerful technologies going to be around for a while. I, I I wouldn't. I don't think I would make a single quarter earnings call about um, Palantir. Um, I, I, it's hard to call out one name in particular as going to be like, oh, that one's going to really shock everybody. I think one I would, uh, I, I would take, I'll mention a few things that I think are worth watching. And as it turns out, none of these are reporting right this moment, but I would, okay. well, uh, one, is, one I think is fast. I continue to remain fascinated by what Oracle is doing. Um, you know, Oracle, um, uh, is kind of the fourth player in the cloud. Uh, you know, Oracle's cloud uh, was written off as kind of like, you know, silly, like kind of like wannabe kind of uh, activity for a long time. And they're now taking real and meaningful share in that business. Their, their results have been, um, uh, I think, handicapped, muffled by the trouble they've had um, integrating Cerner, the healthcare company that they bought. But I wouldn't sleep on Oracle. I think Oracle um, uh, is making meaningful progress in the cloud here and will remain a major player. Uh, and, and, and I think it's a little bit underappreciated. Another, one other thing I, I think I would take a close look at, and again, I don't think it shows up this quarter, but at some point we're gonna get a real turn in PC demand and I would keep an eye on both Dell and HP. I've written about this a little bit. Now those are off-quarter reporters. They have like uh, they 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 have uh, they'll have a um, dis, they have a January quarter year end, so they won't report for another month or so. Um, and I think the real impact there will be probably a few quarters out. But there's going to be a turn in the PC business, and these are both very cheap stocks. All right, all right. Well, those are uh, those are definitely good ideas. I appreciate you. Uh, thinking through that with us. Um, and I think we're gonna have to call it a, a call. Um, so uh, we could keep going, but uh, we're gonna have to stop here. So Eric, thank you so much for the time. Uh, I look forward to doing this with you again sometime soon. Uh, and thanks to our listeners. If you would like to listen to this session again, uh, or you missed part of it, please visit barons.com slash live or visit Barron's live podcast channels on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Lauren and Ben will be back next Monday uh, with more mar market commentary. Uh, thank you again for listening and have a great day.